contrary to popular belief, professionalism is not dead on football and other F-words. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words. I'm your host, Michael Gillum. Brought to you, I'm sorry, listen, listen to me. I can't even get the intro out correctly because I'm so excited to talk about Isaiah Wilson. So we're going to do that again. It's Football and Other F-Words. I'm your host, Michael Gillum. Zach Lyons and Michael Herndon are joining me. We're brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. Come check us out. Grab yourself a premium membership today. I couldn't even get that out of my mouth because I'm so excited to say the following words. Isaiah Wilson has been traded for a half pack of large fries and a peanut butter sandwich. And and we traded a large pack of fries and a peanut butter sandwich with him, but they can only eat it next year. That's right. It's stale fries, fresh fries for stale fries and Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson has been traded. They're going to swap seven round picks, seventh round picks with the Miami dolphins. Uh, I believe we acquire the Dolphins' seventh-round pick this year. They acquire our 22 seventh-rounder. Do I have that correct? You do. Yes. So the large man is going to the safest place in America when you possibly enjoy things like Coke, women, boats, injuring yourself, which we'll get to in a minute. They're going to move this man to Miami. A, I cannot believe the Titans got anything. I I had to make a joke about them trading him for food because I I literally can't believe they got something for him. I was afraid they were just going to have to cut him. So they ship him off. We'll get a seventh rounder, probably an inconsequential pick, but whatever, the man is gone. Now, he's gone pending a physical, which we're definitely going to touch on. Um, Who wants to open the floodgates on this bag of stupidity? Well, I would like to set how... Quick, will we have him with his a shirt buttoned open, standing in front or sitting in front of a large pile of money with Coke on his face, like Scarface? Like, when is that picture on Instagram gonna hit in Miami? Because that's a, that's a eventually gonna happen, right? Is that gonna be him going his going away Instagram post from the world of NFL football or what? Because this guy was looking for a rap studio in Nashville just like hours prior to all of this, and if he's you know. I don't know where he's living, but obviously he's not spending his millions of dollars on a nice house because he's got popcorn ceilings from like the 80s. I mean, that stuff hasn't been popular in forever. But either way, this guy <laughs> is not passing the physical. I mean, I would be so shocked. He has a sprained wrist or he's done something to his hand. As you can see, Austin Stanley posted a video. I mean, like these A to Z guys are all over that Instagram between them and Titans tape. I know more. I've seen more Instagram posts than I have in my life as far as by, by one person. I don't, I don't Instagram really a lot. So between them and what Titans tape sends in our, in our chat, I mean, they are all over Instagram and Isaiah Wilson, but like, come on. 60% 60% chance that he passes? Man. Uh, I, I guess it depends on how strenuous their physical is, you know, yeah. as far as like the physical conditioning uh, part of it. Do you, you think know, they'll give they... them a high school PC poly prep physical? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, well, you know, as, as you heard uh, last night, his, uh, his new head coach, Brian Flores, a.k.a. Flo, apparently, um also went to poly prep and because of that people think oh well this guy's going to be able to get through to him 
like, give me a break. They're going to sing the polyprep fight song together before Wilson goes and gets drunk on South Beach. Like, is that, is that going to fix it all? I mean, well, my I, favorite part is, is that they say that he's known them for years. And I'm thinking, well, you've done a worse job scouting him <laughs> than J-Rob has. If you're going to willingly trade him and say that you've known him for years. I mean, who, who wants to hang out with this guy that you've known for years that obviously has some fucking issues? Like they're slap, they're slap is, glasses of coding together. Yeah, this this thing that the high school thing matters really doesn't matter. Now, you know, people say, well, they, you know, they were kind of raised similarly so that he kind of knows, you know, a little bit about how Isaiah Wilson came up in the ranks and knows, maybe he can reach him that way. I mean, okay, sure. But this guy obviously doesn't love football, right? I mean, I mean, obviously, they they diverged in their past at some point. One person loves football. The other person loves uh, drinking lean and um, doing mumble rap videos and l- more worried about finding a studio space and a workout space. So basically the same. <laughs> yeah, they're they were exactly the, same, the same. Yeah. All right. So I want to hear from each one of you. What is going to be the first incident that Isaiah Wilson is involved in in Miami. Is it going to be a some sort of car wreck or traffic violation? Is it going to be boat-on-boat crime? Is it going to wreck a water vessel? Is it going to be some sort of drug-related offense? It is going to be a club. Uh, it's going to happen at a club, and okay. it's going to be either be a shooting or a fight of some sort. I'm, I'm going to go simply based on, on the odds here. I'm going to go on some sort of vehicle-related incident. He was in multiple vehicle-related incidents while he was here. Uh, you know, that, that is a very short time frame to be in multiple car wrecks. Like, I am uh, about to be 36 years old. I've been driving for 20 years. I have been, personally myself, in two car accidents in 20 years of driving, Isaiah Wilson was in two car accidents or I guess one car accident and one DUI in what, four months of being in Nashville. So I'm going with the odd say car incident is certainly the, the most, most likely. I'm with Mike at any time or most times when I see really crazy driving drag racing videos, especially with people twerking on top of the roof and things like this, they seem to be coming out of Miami. This really, I feel like speaks to Isaiah Wilson's stupidity behind the wheel. I'm going to double down. I do believe it's going to be a, it's going to be a vehicle related incident. Well, this is very good for me because when you two agree, I'm usually the only one that's right. So look at club (laughs) shooting, put the, put the odds up on the board, Alan Bell. It's time for the club shooting to uh, get that money, cash it. I just, I I listen great for the dolphins. You want to try to get something out of this man. Wonderful. But I do want to ask this. I mean, I know we've been sitting here bullshitting about this, but let's say he goes to the dolphins and the dolphins start him at some point. I'm not even going to speculate where it goes from there, but let's say he actually starts a couple of games. Is that any kind of indictment on the Titans on Robinson? Look, the indictment on Robinson is they drafted him in the first place. Now, You know, the indictment, for if he were to go and play and actually be good, would technically be on the coaching staff. But let's let's be real here. I don't know what happened here. And maybe they coddle the shit out of him down in Miami and they baby him and they hold him and hug him every chance he gets. You know, they just they do sing around the campfire down in Miami or something. Maybe that's what they do. And it works. And that that's just doesn't fit our M.O., right? If he goes down there and performs really well, 
I honestly don't give a shit at this point anymore. He was a headache here. He didn't do his job here. It doesn't really technically the, the Titans way may not be the same as the Dolphins way. And they may take those extra chances and just bend over backwards for this guy and worship the ground he walks on and all that kind of stuff. And it, and he ends up, you know, playing a couple of handful of snaps. It didn't work here. And that's the indictment on J-Rob is that he, look, uh, Trevor Sikama was on uh, yesterday and there was also a Peter King article yesterday talking about the difficulties of doing on-campus scouting for these players in the NFL draft. It was a little bit easier last year, but it's way harder this past year because of campus uh, restrictions. So they're like... The, the the onus is on John Robinson. And I think a lot of people took this as a chance to, instead of celebrating that Isaiah Wilson is gone, a lot of people came in and wanted to shit on J- John Robinson. Look, we all know John Robinson fucked up. And we all know that this was a bad draft decision because of what happened. Now, we may know more about the situation because on Thor Nystrom's podcast this week, on Wednesday on a Twitch live stream, he's having an NFL agent on. Uh, and they're going to talk about Isaiah Wilson, and there's apparently a lot of, to get through. So we may know a little bit more. We know that some teams took him off his draft board. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that's not just them going through his his rap sheet from here in Tennessee yeah. that we. Already I mean, if know that's about. if that's it, then that's no new information. Yeah, Maybe right. it is for other teams. Uh, but it would be for a lot of people outside the Nashville market. Just, just talking to like fans from other other fan bases, it's like they have no idea what happened with him here because it didn't get widely covered. Um, because he was non-factor on the field ultimately, so. Um. But it, it 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 John Robinson fucked up. But if he goes and does something at somewhere else in a completely totally different environment with completely totally different coaches, it's not really an indictment on anybody other than him for not for being fucking lazy while he was here. I I definitely think it, so. I I do think it's an indictment. Uh, like the the indictment, like you said, Zach, on John Robinson was months and months ago when we knew that Wilson was a complete disaster and we all fried him for that. Then I think he does deserve some credit. Now this doesn't, this is a small win in an overall gigantic L right. But he does deserve some credit for acknowledging, look, I I screwed this thing up. He's a mess. I'm getting him out of here as fast as I can. And getting he does that though. That's what's good yeah. about him is that he actually does that. He did it with Vic Beasley and Kevin Dodd as well. All, all all teams draft bus. Every single one of them. I you can you can look at any team in the NFL. Go back through their first round picks. There's a bust in there in the last five years. I guarantee you. Um, so and this was pick 29, by the way. Right. Right. What, or Which, was it no 25, 29? And, and I think, I think, yeah, 29, uh, I think an argument could be made that frankly, if you finding out that he's a disaster in one year and being able to get rid of him and get rid of the, the remainder of his guaranteed money, uh, for the rest of his, uh, salaries, which we'll talk about that in just a minute, as far as what the implications of the salary cap are and stuff like that. But, um, being able to get rid of him in one year is probably less damaging to the franchise than like the example I threw out last night was like Artie Burns, like the Steelers drafted Artie Burns in the first round in 2016, I believe it was. And he was actively bad, but, but showed just enough, I guess teased them just enough to get 
playing time. So he played and was actively bad for them for, for a couple years before eventually finding his way back to the bench. And, uh, but he played out his four full year, his full four year rookie contract. Um, and that's probably more damaging, frankly, than a guy just completely flaming out, never actually hurting you on the field and then moving on in one year. Uh, um, I, I got a Titans one for you. Yeah. Chance Warmack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about a guy that was drafted higher in the first round. True. That actually played uh, 48 games. He started He started 48 games for this team. Yeah. I mean, and he was actively bad and hurting this team constantly when he was on the field and he was offensive line. I mean, just think if Isaiah Wilson had started and gotten Ryan Tannehill injured. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, even um, like – Andre Wolfog, like going back in the the Titans, like I mean, that was a guy I picked around the similar range that was was just bad, and they kept trying to put him out there because he was a high pick, and he just continued to be bad. Um, so that's not to let Robinson off the hook. Obviously, it's a d- disaster of a draft pick, but admitting your there is something to be said for admitting your mistakes and moving on as quickly as possible, um, and that's what he did here. And and getting off of the remainder of his guaranteed money is is important. I mean, that's it's a significant a, amount of cap relief in 2022 and 2023, which they can access via restructures this year if they want to. So it's kind of a you know it's a net win financially for them for sure. And let me say this. I had a dream last night that Albert Breer tweeted out today. This is how bad I am obsessed with Titans football. That I'm dreaming about an Albert Breer tweet that says that they do a post June 1st designation on this trade. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Split, spread that, uh, that hit out and, and go ahead and uh, move some of that because money into next year. Wouldn't you designate it that if you're the Titans, because you, you, if you're losing cap money in a pre one, just do the post one and lose less cap money. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. So I guess to me, like the more I've looked at it, the more, I don't think it really matters uh, on that front because with Ryan Tannehill's contract and Derrick Henry's contract, you've got two deals that have a big amount of guaranteed money in them in 2021. So both of their, like, well, Ryan Tannehill's salaries for both 2021 and 2022 will become fully guaranteed as of like next week, I think. So if he's still on the roster, which obviously he will be. Um, So for all intents and purposes, you look at Tannehill's money, Henry's money, both guaranteed this coming year. They can restructure both those deals. And what that basically does is move money from or move money off of this year's cap and onto the 2022 and 2023 cap. So you can basically just move the money from this year to next year to 2023. Like you can the move cap the submit. money using contract. Yeah, In exactly. Essence. Like, like they can financially. Like birds are robots. The cap's not real. That's right. Exactly. Like they can financially finesse this thing to make it, to make the numbers go wherever they want within the next two to three years, basically. And so if they want to use Isaiah Wilson's money, like, so let's, let's use Isaiah Wilson's deal for, for just an example and to get those numbers out there. So they're actually going to take a $1.85 million loss in salary cap by trading him because his signing bonus, the remainder of his signing bonus, which was about four and a half million accelerates onto this year's uh, cap. His, um, because they're responsible for that because they paid him that money. The remaining 
his of his guaranteed salaries for 2021, 2022, 2023 all go to Miami. So those are off of the Titans book. So the Titans lose 1.85 million in space for this coming year, but they gain uh, 3.1 million in 2022 and they gain 3.7 million in 2023. So that $6.8 million worth of cap space saved in 2022 and 2023, if they restructure Tannehill, you know, it's basically like, all right, so you're taking the the money that you saved from Isaiah Wilson and you're using some of that to pay Tannehill's bigger cap hit. So you're taking down Tannehill's first-year cap hit number and moving up his 2022 and 2023. So you're moving all the money around. It's just like a shell game with mm-hmm. with uh, with all these like – Just add some void years on some of these contracts and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they can do whatever they want. Like it's the, the cap is so soft and flexible in the NFL. It's just – What she it's, said. It's hilarious. Ooh. Wow. Wow, that took a turn. Set you up for that one. That was an easy one. I I want Titans fans to understand this before we move on from Isaiah Wilson. If he gets any kind of playing time or anything in Miami, save yourself the trouble and the breath of screaming about how could they not get him on the field in Tennessee. Every indication that we've had privately and that we've heard from reporters here on the airwaves and, and elsewhere is that the Titans did put in a lot of serious effort behind the scenes to get him mentors, to try to do what they could to get him on the field, and they just couldn't get the guy to participate. If Miami is able to do that, they're probably pulling off some crazy Herculean-ass effort to get this guy to play that, frankly, is probably not worth the resources. So don't, don't Titans fans, don't get yourself worked up if you do see this guy hit the field. Honestly, more likely he's going to go and be a complete bust for Miami. And this time next year, Miami fans are going to be just as fed up with dealing with this guy as Titans fans currently are. So, and, and let me say this, save yourself the trouble. Hidden, hidden, you know, little gem in all this is that the players are now probably, we're going to hear a lot of stuff about Isaiah Wilson from the players, in my opinion, players like at least like Taylor, uh, Lawan, Darren Bates, and Will Compton, who have platforms but I think you're going to see hear a little bit of more about Isaiah Wilson than what we know. Yeah. I, and, and I, to add to that, to what Zach just said, the, the Titans, the idea that like somehow Solomon Kinley, uh, you know, his teammate at Georgia is going to be like this, this great resource for him. We know Ben Jones was a Georgia guy. Ben Jones talked to Isaiah Wilson before the Titans drafted him. Uh, you know, Ben Jones obviously was trying to help him. Uh, Taylor Lewan talked about trying to help him. Taylor, Taylor Lewan had him on his podcast before he even played a snap. Um, uh, we know that Roger, Roger Saffold tried to help this kid. It is not like the Titans don't have strong veteran leaders on the offensive line that know how to excel in the NFL and know how to be a professional football player. That is a tight group. It is a group that wanted Isaiah Wilson to come in and succeed and, and play well. They tried with him. So don't give me this nonsense about the Titans didn't didn't do enough to help this kid. They absolutely tried, and he didn't do it. And the fact that – Guys like, you know, I, I listen to and, and you know, if you go back and listen to the podcast when uh, um, they had Isaiah Wilson on Busting with the Boys, and, and I've talked about this a little bit before, and he mentioned the whole thing about, like, not getting the hug from Saban. If, I, if they'd had that podcast, if, they'd, if he'd mentioned that story prior to drafting him, I would have been like, the Titans absolutely shouldn't draft him because 
Vrabel is like absolutely not that guy. Like everything we know about Vrabel's interactions with players, like players love him, but he is a sarcastic asshole. Like he is not going to be a, let me give you a hug. Let me put my arms around you. Like, let me love you up big fella. That is not his style of interaction. Like he's very standoffish. He takes his vape puffs, you know, uh, (laughs) off to the side on the sidelines, he's vaping and he just doesn't really talk to anybody. He's very, his way of like showing love is, is being a dick to you. Right. Like we all know people like that. Right. That are like, their way of showing that they care about you is that they are a complete and utter asshole to you, but you understand that that's coming from a place of love. Isaiah Wilson and him could not be on further different wavelengths. What was the what was the quote that Will Compton dropped on? Um, it was his biggest regret. The raw room, having yeah. Isaiah oh, yeah. Wilson. It, about Isaiah Wilson is that he said that it was his biggest regret by having him on busing with the boys. And then uh, speaking about Vrabel, and I forget the lead up quotes, so I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but basically Vrabel chirped back at him and said, anytime I want to laugh, I'm just going to post your stat sheet. So, I mean, it's like, you know, that's the Vrabel. He's, he's ruthless, right? He's yes. not a hugger. He's not no. a hugger. So he's not a cuddly uh, guy. So again, Titans fans, look, spare yourself the outrage next year if this guy sets foot on the field more than likely it's not going to happen but if he does just know that behind the scenes the dolphins had to do who knows but put way too many resources into making that moment happen so just don't 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 bother um you know it's funny you were talking about what he will provide us is players leaking content out and more stuff selfishly for us for our show give me as much as possible because it's off season you you can really only talk hypotheticals with mocks and free agency for so long right what we were discussing literally last night when the two largest stories dropped was what do you guys want to talk about tomorrow we were just starting to kind of weigh out topics of what to do and then two big pieces of news dropped the second one being Dak Prescott got his deal um Dak Prescott and of course I don't have it in front of me to be able to read this 160 million uh 66 million dollar signing bonus do I have that correct uh I believe so I don't, I don't have yeah. it up either but uh I do know his cap hit and stuff or do I have it four up? Year. it's a four-year 160 million dollar deal 66 million dollar signing bonus um the Dallas Cowboys have secured their man for the next well four years at least so um reaction thoughts do you like the move I, I like the move for them and i like the move for dak because in four years he's only going to be 31 <laughs> he, when he's a free agent again he's going to be 31 years old and have so much experience and he's a very very good quarterback i mean i see people arguing whether he's top 10 top 7 whatever you know rankings are fine and everything i know they're fun for for people to argue and talk about he's a damn good quarterback and it's so good for both sides that they should have done it last year, but I mean, good for deck. He got franchise tagged last year, got guaranteed money last year. And you know, yes, he ended up being injured, but they still wanted to keep him around. They they're, they're secure in what they're doing. And it's, you know, it's perfect for both sides. I mean, it's one of those rare win-win contract deals where, you know, you see, Officially, can Dak take you to the promised land? You, yes. I mean, I think he can. But can you, can Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones build out the rest of the, the roster? But you get to see what he gets. And then he still hits free agency in the prime of his career. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a good deal. Um, I, you know, frankly, every quarterback deal just pushes the needle further and further up. Like you can say it's an overpay for Dak for what he is. And yeah, it, it probably is. Like, I don't think he's uh, like, it, it makes him by average annual value, the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes. He, he beats uh, Deshaun Watson's deal by uh, basically a million per year. Um, I don't think he's better than Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't think he's better than like several of the quarterbacks right behind him, but that's the nature of these quarterback deals, right? I mean, you, you know, the highest paid guy is going to be the last one who signed his deal um, among like the top probably 10 ish quarterbacks, which I think Prescott belongs in that conversation. So the thing that I always, and maybe this is just because I, I look at everything from a, a Titans angle from, from some standpoint, the thing that I, I that this deal made me a, immediately think of when it dropped last night was my God is Ryan Tannehill a good deal um, because 40 million a year for Dak Prescott or 29 million a year for Ryan Tannehill 11 million dollars per year is a lot of salary cap space I mean that is a premium player uh, you know in the NFL at, a, at another position that you can afford and the gap between Ryan Tannehill and Dak Prescott is is probably non-existent. In fact, I'd probably say Tannehill is better than Dak Prescott uh, as things stand right now. Um, and and I don't know that a whole lot of people would disagree with that um, right now. But you know, obviously Dak's younger, which which plays a part in why he got the numbers that he did versus what Tannehill did, but. Tannehill is now not even among the top 10 highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. And, he and we told everybody this year. would happen. It, we, exactly. we, we did. Yeah, we, we sat here we at free agency and we, we, we told everybody that the, in hindsight, in about a year, this contract will look very good. Yeah. And sure enough, Ryan Tannehill goes out there and performs at a high level again. And he's, he's a, he's easily a top 10 quarterback. You could make an argument. He's a top five quarterback depending on who you're arguing with. And he's not even getting paid like either one of those right now. Yeah, exactly. And and that's why when those numbers came out last year and everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe they gave Tannehill that much money. It's like, that's just the going rate for quarterbacks. And frankly, the fact that he didn't get more than that, you know, is, is fantastic for them. It's, it's one of the best quarterback deals as far as like non-rookie contracts in the NFL right now. It is among the top, at least top five um, in, in that category. So yeah, Tannehill's deal looks better and better every, every time a quarterback signs. So I was reading up on reaction speculation and, and the like after Dak was signed one tweet that I found was from David Cantor at DEC management, who was responding to a, a kind of a thread that Charles Robinson had out there about Dak being signed Said strong point here is what does Jerry know about the TV deals and the money that's coming? He obviously was intimately involved, and this deal reflects his knowledge on how big the new TV money would be. What do we believe the TV money deal is going to be? And also give us kind of a an, an, an example of what does it what does it matter what we know what the TV money deal will be for the NFL. Well, Schefter also tweeted out something similar, maybe from the same source of that guy, but he did tweet out something similar shortly after you sent that to us. And, I, you know, at the beginning, I really didn't think much of the deal in that, in that 
perspective, but they he's got a 22.2 cap hit this um, this year. That leaves them the Dallas Cowboys with 4.5 million dollars of cap space. Obviously, with draft picks is going to eat up a big chunk of that, and obviously there's going to be cuts and restructures and all that kind of stuff. But it makes sense that Jerry Jones knows because we've heard rumblings in the last few weeks that a deal is close. We heard yesterday, Monday, early in the day, that they could push back the tag deadline just because they want to get that firm cap number because they technically have not set the salary cap, an official salary cap number, and they may be waiting to finalize TV deals. Then this hits, and you're thinking, okay, they must be close, and the tag deadline is today, so maybe you know they're, they're inching closer to getting it. I, I think that the TV deal is imminent and the TV deal must be either at that $2.6 billion per year with Disney that was being talked about and speculated about a couple weeks ago or better. And I think that what that does is it does not count for the 2020 revenue. And the 2020 revenue is what the salary cap is based off of, right? So the, you're always based off the previous season's revenue. Now, they can borrow some money from these TV deals because you get 55% of these TV deals per year goes towards the salary cap. So uh, 55% of $2.6 billion equals out, if memory corrects me, or if, mem- if I recall my- correctly, uh, about $45 million per team. Now, not all that, you know, some of that goes as, you know, salary cap. Some of that's already been kind of, you know, because it's $1.9 billion was the previous one with Disney. Um, so I would say that it would probably get you up. You know, people have been expecting 185 to be the salary cap if you look at Spo Track and over the cap. Um, I would say maybe closer to the 198. It may be 195. It may be a little bit less, but I think they could borrow technically $10 million this year and easily pay themselves off over the next few years. Um, so I think it's a good, it's a very good reasoning to expect that, okay, well, salary cap's not going to be as low as what everybody was expecting. And it could be even the 198 that it was last year. I mean, it may be a stretch, but I think that it could easily, I think you could easily get to 195 if, if you played your numbers right. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see like where the, where this all shakes out because Obviously, there's some negotiations going on. Like the T, everything going on right now between the TV deal and then the NFLPA and NFL negotiating what the salary cap is going to be, how they're going to, you know, kind of handle salary caps over the next two to three years is all kind of on the table right now. And, and it's something I know they, they talked about potentially moving back the deadline for, um, the franchise tag, which is today um, at three o'clock this afternoon. So if they're going to move it, they need to do it pretty soon, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting because this is all very much coming down to the line. Like usually we would have a pretty good idea of what the cap would be by now. And I feel like this is a total nightmare for general managers because these guys all like to have their ducks in a row um, and and 
know what they're doing heading into free agency. Well, it's hard to know what you're doing when you don't know whether you're going to have, you know, $9 million of cap room or, or $19 million of cap room or $28 million of cap room, like depending on where the, the final numbers end up. So it, it makes it very hard to plan, not to mention the fact that what the cap is changes what your franchise tag values are. What, yep. you know, like there's just so many connected pieces here that are all kind of up in the air. And it's, I don't envy any of these general managers right now because it is so much to juggle. And then like the unpredictability of how are other teams going to treat the market? Are they all going to go after these one year deals? Or are they going to try to go for long-term contracts so that they can, you know, put a bunch of void years at the end of it and suppress that first year cap hit to go for it. Like there's so many machinations of this thing that are very interesting, but man, it is it, it's so hard for me to look at it and like project anything because I'm like, I have no idea how they're, they're going to look at anything and, and you know, what they're going to negotiate and decide. Like there's just so many balls in the air right now. Well, don't you think if Jerry Jones knows that there is something close that most other owners would know, I mean, cause you'd have to, I, I would assume put out memos and, you know, inform everybody of what's going on of the 32 owners. So then I would think that the general managers kind of know too, right? Like they, they probably know more than what we are assuming that they know, in my opinion, that they, they may know, okay, they may have a range, but they're probably operating under that um, assumption, you know, that the salary cap is going to be up a little bit. I mean, don't you yeah, think? And, and I would think, yeah, I would think that, you know, he, he's got to have some, knowledge you'd think and this may be a situation where it's it's actually beneficial to jerry that he is both owner and gm right um you know because maybe the owners know or at least have an idea but you know they may not necessarily be sharing that information with their general managers in real time that kind of thing so i I don't know It, it does certainly suggest that good things are happening as far as the tv deal goes but it also could just be that he knows the cap's going to go way up in 2022 and 2023. And he's factoring that into his, his calculations here too. Cause he, you know, Dak's cap hits um, when you look at, at how they've kind of spread this thing out, you know, he's got a $22 million cap hit this year, which is not a ton, uh, but it, then it goes up to 33 million next year, 44 million in 2023 and 47 million in 2024. So this could be as much about, all right, I know the cap's about to skyrocket in the coming two or three years. So I'm just going to throw this. I'm going to go ahead and get this contract done now because I, I know this deal is going to end up looking good once, you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert sign their extension in a couple years or, or whatever, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it'll be very interesting to see how that all, all shakes out. Shift it back to the uh, Titans front. Um, the Titans have decided to let Khalif Raymond hit free agency um, to the detriment and disappointment to many Titans fans who think that he's everything from a wide receiver three to a wide receiver four to one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play for the Titans. Oh, no, at point. one point, he was he was supposed to be the wide receiver two uh, during training camp last year. They were like, oh, he's going to pass Corey Davis. Oops. I had him proje- I had him projected as QB one at one point, but alas, they have <laughs> let him go, and it's really disappointing. I was expecting him to kick and also to throw touchdown passes, but he has decided to hit, um, or not decided. The team has decided for him to hit free agency. Um, between that, 
Corey Davis rumblings, um, which you can, you know, go in on. What are we looking at for wide receiver replacements? Well, I mean, the obvious, and I, I said this on the radio on Monday, you know, obviously I want Corey Davis to stay. And there was a, uh, it was a tag, cut, and extend, right? So it was Johnu, Malcolm Butler, and, um, Oh, Corey Davis, we were just talking about him. Uh, were the three were the three guys that you had to choose from? I said tag Janu, you extend Malcolm, and you cut Corey. And you know, I I get it. You know, it does not mean I don't want Corey on the team, but Corey can be technically replaced, um, or a mixture of wide receivers can come in, and you may get better production out of the slot, and maybe a little bit less production outside. You know. Give or take. Either way, you can replace Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys easily in this free agent class and draft class. Um, but technically, I think Corey Davis stays. I mean, you, 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 there's the tweet from Justin Mello talking about buying houses and how money's not that big of a deal to him. Then you have Teron Davenport kind of alluding to that both sides want to work out something. He's not saying that they will. They just want to. And then you have Buck on the radio last week. Uh, talking about that he thinks that they work out a deal and stuff like that. Now, then you have PK in a reply in a, in a, in a tweet, so it's not an actual tweet, just a reply, saying that he doesn't expect Corey Davis to, to re-sign with the Tennessee Titans. So, you know, you got conflicting reports or beliefs or opinions uh, everywhere, but yeah, I'm of the opinion that I think Corey Davis wants to be here but if he left, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I know you don't want to create more roster holes, especially after cutting Khalif Raymond. That would leave you technically with A.J. Brown, Cam Batson, and Nick Westbrook, who's also an uh, ERFA. So, which, which basically means he'll be back at yeah, I mean, $700,000 or whatever. And so that leaves you with those three guys. Now, granted, you're not going to start the season with those three guys, so there's no real reason to panic. I just, you know, if, if I had to lose one free agent besides Jayon Brown, Corey Davis would be next up on the list and I wouldn't be that hurt. Yeah, I, I think so. I think the Titans are definitely signing two wide receivers in, in free agency. I, you know, I, I can't imagine them going into the draft with A.J. Brown one free agent and then getting all the way down to like the Cam Bats and Nick Westbrook realm I, I think you need two guys one probably you know one guy that you you know can start right away and then another guy that you feel like could play as a rotational type guy um like a wide receiver three wide receiver four type and then you you're probably going to draft a wide receiver pretty early uh in, in the draft in maybe even at 22 um depending on how you how you decide to spend your money in attack free agency but yeah, for Davis, I think the Titans would want Davis back. I mean, Davis has been nothing but a team guy since he got here. Like, right? I mean, everything that the Titans like to talk about uh, wanting in their players, you know, team first, plays hard, uh, fights through injuries. Um, you know, Davis has embodied all of that since he's been here. And he's done it all despite being a top five pick wide receiver, which a lot of times comes with like a little bit of a diva mentality, a little bit of a, you know, a lot of, a lot of other wide receivers might've complained that 
oh, I'm not getting enough targets. Oh, I need to be featured in the in the offense, that kind of thing. Davis has been nothing but a good soldier for the Titans um, during his time in, in Tennessee, which is admirable. And, and there's no reason for the Titans not to want him back. We know he fits this offense. We know he's he just came came off his best year uh you know of his career last year and and yes you know he ended a little a little poorly there at the very end the, the last you know two or three games were, were a little tough but he's still one of the better wide receivers in this free agency class I mean at least top three or four uh you know in this in this group um and I think his best football is probably ahead of him too I, I think he's a guy that took a little bit a time to transition to the NFL, but he, he started to kind of get it. Um, and he's a nice, he'd be a really nice compliment to AJ Brown for, for the next few years and keeping that continuity would be great. But well, and it's also about supply and demand, right? Like right. the market is flooded with the free agent wide receivers. They're, they're and then the draft class is flooded with really good top end wide receivers all the way into the third or fourth round. The, this is the, the time to be able to get Corey Davis pretty inexpensive, in my opinion. It depends to me what happens with franchise tags, right? Because if you see Allen Robinson get tagged, if you see which Chris there is Godwin a rumor this tagged, morning that, that that could happen. Yeah, and I, I think Godwin is also leaning towards getting tagged. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay could he's not be, getting tagged. He's not officially. That's what that's what the Lions have came out and said. It, it kind of got washed out last week, but there was yeah. a report that he is not getting franchise tag. Okay, well, so that, that doesn't mean that they couldn't work out a deal, but he's not getting franchise tag. So that's that's one good thing for the because the the worst case scenario for the Titans is that the top guys like Godwin uh, and and Robinson, who I really think are the top two, you know, pretty un, undoubtedly. Uh, those guys get tagged, and then all of a sudden you're looking at a market where like Davis is probably the best wide receiver available, and then there's a bidding war, right? That's that's the worst case scenario. Um, the more of these top guys are on the market, the more maybe you can you can isolate and target the guy that you won. And if that's Davis, um, you know, that's that's probably good for you. Um, but you're right, like if they if they do get priced out of the Davis thing and one thing that I think Robinson is very careful of is he's not just going to get caught up in the emotion of I've got to keep this guy no matter what the cost right he's got a price that he feels like uh ju is justifiable for each guy and he's not going to go above that um and you know I think if they get priced out of the Corey Davis thing, there are other guys out there that, that could fill that wide receiver two role across from AJ Brown and still give you, you know, 90% plus of, of what Davis does. And maybe even some guys that, that bring some different things to the table that could be, could be exciting. Like a Curtis Samuel. I know Samuel's going to be a, a hot free agent name too, but uh, he's a guy like I, I think is super intriguing from a wide receiver standpoint, and especially as a compliment to uh, to AJ Brown in, in this specific offense. So yeah, there, there's there's certainly options out there for the Titans, even if they miss. Right. I mean, you got you got Marvin Jones, which I think would be uh, he proved last year that when Kenny Galladay went down, he could actually be kind of a wide receiver one almost, but he could. He would fill the void of Corey Davis. Yeah, he'd be a really Dep good functional fit. Depending on how you feel about Alan Lazard, I mean, I have some faith in the talent of Alan Lazard. I know he's kind of an unknown name and not a household name, but there's a guy that you could probably get 85% of what Corey Davis brings. Will Fuller 
is a guy that brings you something totally different on the outside than what Corey he, Davis brings. He scares the crap out of me. He scares the crap out of you. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not kidding. It's scary, but it also would be a little bit nice to have some deep speed and catching ability and big play ability there. Hey, listen, Mr. Big chest is a free agent. He could come over <laughs> here. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Um, and then Kenny Galladay. And listen, now, now, obviously, if you went with some of these, like if you went with Curtis Samuel, you need to get someone like Rashad Bateman or Marvin Jones for the outside. Same with Juju Smith-Schuster. But let me throw a name out there that I'm pretty high on. And I never thought in a million years I would say this, but he proved that once he got away from Carson Wentz, he was actually pretty good. And that's Nelson Aguilar. And he should be pretty <laughs> inexpensive because last year he only got paid one year and a little over a million dollars. We're talking like very close to $1.1 million. He was first among wide receivers in yards per reception at 18.7. He was 12th in touchdowns with eight. He had less drops than uh, DK Metcalf and only two more than AJ Brown. And, you know, he did really well there and he's a deep guy speed guy inexpensive guy now listen you have to get him and another free agent and you have to draft someone right most of these guys that we talked about unless it's Allen robinson you're probably still need to sign one other guy maybe kenny galladay can get you away with just drafting one guy but but he should be relatively inexpensive and I think that's a guy that should be on a little bit on everybody's radar if you're looking for deep speed. Like if you walked away with Marvin Jones and Nelson Aguilar and you drafted someone, I would say that you are the what we would see on the field with the Titans wide receiver core is way better than what we had last year. Upgrade, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think you could certainly make an argument for that. Um, and another guy that's kind of off the radar that I, I have some some interest in is uh, Kendrick Bourne from the 49ers. He, he's a guy that has always flashed to me uh, when, when I've kind of watched him. You know, he's, he's kind of been in and out of the rotation with, with San Francisco uh, over the last few years. But I think he's a really good player. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing what he could do in a little bit larger role. Like, I don't know that he's necessarily a wide receiver two, but if he's your wide receiver three, uh, or, or four, you know, in the rotation, that's a good situation, I think. So uh, that's a guy that I would have some interest in. And obviously coming from a similar scheme uh, helps a little bit in the translation uh, to this offense. My, my biggest worry, and I'm so, so, so sorry that we're like droning on and on Lebowski. This will be the last thing I say about wide receivers. But my biggest worry is bringing in like Josh Reynolds, D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley, Rashard Higgins, you know, these guys, Keelan Cole as the number two, like my, that's my worry. We've, we've seen them kind of toy with this and do this before bringing in someone that they expect to fill a role that they have never filled. And I feel that those, those guys, we got to get, I'm tired of the maybes. I'm tired of just the potential guys or just another guys. Those guys are great for wide receiver four spots and battling low end roster spots and maybe filling in and spot duty, but it, I don't want them really filling in in the top three. You know, I don't want them to be my wide receiver, one wide receiver, two wide receiver, three. Maybe you could talk to me into Josh Reynolds in that wide receiver three spot, but he started 13 games last year, 38.6 yards per game, you know, kind of, kind of out on him. He only got two touchdowns kind of out on it and they're a pass happy offense. So legal tampering, legal, legal tampering. 
legal tampering. Sorry, couldn't get that out of my mouth. Sorry, it's Sunday, March 15th. We're just about four days away. Um, what kind of free agency predictions do we have for the Titans um, once that hits? Ryan Kerrigan in two-tone blue, book it, write it down, etch it in stone, it's happening. Zach just wanted to rip that out there real quick before Michael could even have any kind of comeback. He, he wanted to go for the easy one. Yeah, I, yeah I've taken yeah. the easy the easy victory here. <laughs> Zach snagging the layup uh, right out from underneath us. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go a little bit off the board. I'm going to say T.Y. Hilton comes over and, and becomes a Titan. I think, oh, I think it's an interesting fit. I think it's an interesting fit. He's not, he's not the guy that he used to be, but he is absolutely capable of being a wide receiver too still. Like oh. he can be a compliment to A.J. Brown. I would be, I would be so upset. His nickname is Ghost because he disappears from games. I'm sure there's another reason he calls himself Ghost. But he disappears. I am so out on T.Y. Hilton, and I hate that prediction, and I hope it, I hope it never comes to true. I hope it never comes to I'm not necessarily saying I want it. I just have a feeling that that's going to be a guy that they're interested in. I'm in on T.Y. Hilton only for this. I got so sick of watching him jump up and do that stupid first down signal in, in the face of some Titans player. It would just be fantastic if he had to put on a Titans uniform. Uh, it would, it really would. Even here's if he the thing, he's never going to play our defense. So what good is T.Y. Hilton if he can't go up against the Dory Jackson? This is, this is my dream, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fantasy. Don't you shit on it. Um <laughs> I uh, I agree with Mike. I want to I want to see that, but it's for for me. It's for it's for spite. That's exactly what I want to say. I want to see it for spite. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, I'd be so upset if that that was our wide receiver too. I would. You would almost have to. I'd be pretty convinced you'd have to draft two wide receivers at that point. All right. So I got to say this before we go. I just realized that between last week's podcast and this week's podcast. We didn't mention JJ Watt cutting this hole in the ice with his brothers, right? We talked uh, about it on the radio after show. last week's podcast. We talked about it on the radio show, but I, I but it happened after last week's podcast. And there it is. They have provided me the petty proof that I need to go back to hating JJ Watt. If you haven't seen the pictures, well, A, don't bother, but B, the, the guy has cut, they've cut a hole in the ice in the middle of nowhere and there were also pictures of some sort of sauna house and they're taking pictures of themselves being hard asses sitting in the, in the ice, a natural ice water bath of some frozen lake. And God knows where probably Wisconsin, you could literally do this at any training facility in the nation. And you had to go to the middle of nowhere to get your Instagram photos and get people to cut these three holes that are not one foot deep, by the way, they, those are with, massively with a, deep holes with a shovel, by the way. Cause like, and I think he, his tweet even alluded to something about like the chainsaw broke or something. So they had these people in, in the pictures clearly showed there was other people out there digging for them. Like, it's not like they were digging the holes. They had these other people digging holes so that they could get these photo shoots uh, of them sitting in these ice holes like they are ice holes like fuck off with this shit Watt brothers like I, I'm I'm I regret even saying anything about wanting him here I'm so glad he's somewhere else get out of here with that nonsense like making other people dig holes for you come on what a I mean, how move. long do y'all think they were actually in there just enough to take the picture oh just oh, 30 seconds tops yeah I mean 
that it's just more disingenuous bullcrap that is done for the thing because I, I, I feel like, listen, J.J. Watt is probably a terrific teammate. And he is probably a great leader, and we know what he's done for the community down in Houston. So ultimately, he is a nice guy. But nice guys can be douchebags, and this is a total douchebag douche move. I mean, sure. it's 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 okay to say that, oh, he's a nice guy. But if they took this picture acting like they were training and they were in there for like 20 minutes, give me a break. They were in there for like just enough to take the picture, and then they got their ass in the sauna and went and cracked open a beer, uh, probably a Milwaukee's best. They seem like maybe they're Bushlight guys. That was definitely a case of Bushlight. Yeah. You just, I, I'm sorry, it, I can't, I can't deal with them. They're the Kardashians of the NFL. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry. Let, let me back up. In all fairness to the Watt brothers, they probably produce more than the Kardashian family ever has. But at the same time, they're just when it comes to off-season stuff, they're Instagram whores, and I get so tired of seeing this shit you had to go in the middle of nowhere to cut a hole in the ice to get in the water to act like you're training like it's a rocky montage from rocky four what are we doing here dude there are gyms all over the u.s the nfl training regiments have become so so specific and so almost scientific in their manner that you could have gone and got a better training regiment by sitting in an ice bath and taking the photo and it's the same effect but now you wanted the image of how hard you are in the middle of nowhere to cut this hole and said, just fuck off with that noise. Good luck, Cardinals. I, I, I'm so glad I don't have to actually waste my breath praising this guy. And, and Vincent V-Love, the fan of the show, tweeted out perfectly something. And I'm going to butcher because I don't have the tweet in front of me. But basically, like, I, I, I don't want to have to tweet nice things about this guy. And then once he went to the Cardinals, he's like, thank God. I don't want to have to praise this asshole. I'm the same way. I don't want to praise this guy. Good luck, Cards fans. I know I know we're running up against it, but what about John McClain putting out that uh, they just, the Houston Texas should trade for Kyler Murray and trade Deshaun Watson to Arizona? Wouldn't that be something that would just I don't know for, for a guy who said they definitely weren't trading Deshaun Watson and that he would always be a, t- a Houston Texans or whatever for the foreseeable future to a guy that's saying then they should trade him. And now that he's saying they should trade for Kyler Murray, poor Kyler, man, I'd f- actually feel bad for that little fella. If he had to go and play at Houston, that little fella, that little fella. <laughs> fella. It, it would be kind of funny for Kyler to play in Texas, you know, where the everything's bigger in Texas uh, mantra is like, that would be a little bit ironic. I'd kind of like that. I love McLean. I do, but he's very company man when it comes to describing the Texans during, during, Except for middle, during games, right? <laughs> during games, if you're not following John McClain at on NFL or whatever his tag is on Twitter. It's so convoluted. It's fantastic during Texans games. He mentions puking multiple times. It's great. But, um, but he, he definitely went with the route of Easterby's not going to be involved in any kind of GM or coaching decisions you know, that they've, they've shut him out of all this stuff. And we know that wasn't true. And then it was, Oh, the owners released, you know, Cal McNair was gracious enough to release JJ Watt so that he could go and chase a championship ring. And JJ Watt goes to the Cardinals. I mean, it's just, I love McLean, but his, 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 his predictions and his, his forethought don't usually come to fruition. So uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. We, we got some rambling in at the end of it, but I had to. I could, couldn't, couldn't let the Watt brothers get away with their Kardashian moment. 
So there it is. We didn't even we didn't even talk about Eli's places. What? Eli Manning's new TV show. He's got what a is- you know how Peyton has Peyton's places? He's got a TV show called Eli's Places now. What? Are you serious? <laughs> it's, it's true. Oh my god. <laughs> he's it's too funny. funny. Yeah, he he's a funny guy. I, I do enjoy he, he's Eli been funny Manning on Twitter. One one random Eli Manning note and then I promise I'll shut up. Uh the whole Deshaun Watson thing and everybody being like, oh, well, Deshaun Watson forcing his way out is setting a bad precedent for the NFL. Eli Manning forced his way out of San Diego before even taking an NFL snap. So don't give me this precedent stuff with Deshaun Watson. Dude can do whatever he wants. Like Eli did this you know, 16 years ago. I'm with you. I agree. And Fun Trevor Lawrence should do it this year. A fun little Eli Manning yes. note. I was I was at a bar in Oxford, Mississippi years ago, early 2000s. And uh, uh, it, so a group we were there with, one of the girls came up to me and said kind of flirtingly, she's like, I just got Eli Manning's phone number. I'm like, what? What, is, what kind of drunken madness are you talking about? So we go to leave this bar, the library in, in, in Oxford, a lovely place, and leaning up against the wall right outside the club, pretty hammered, Eli Manning. So I'm pretty sure she did get Eli Manning's phone number at the time. Um, all right, God, this is going off the rails. We are just open mic, wasting you all's time right now. We're sorry about that. Uh, football and other F-words. We really appreciate you tuning in. As always, please rate, review, subscribe. Tell your neighbors, tell your friends that you listen. And get them to rate and review, review and subscribe as well. We're brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Come check us out. Grab yourself a premium membership today. For Zach Lyons, Michael Herndon, and myself, Michael Gillum. You've just been effed. A Broadway Sports Media Production.